Good evening and welcome to the audio file. My name is Ian J. Cole. This is September 2017. And on tonight's show, we've got an Edinburgh Fringe special. Uh, luckily, I was able to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival last month uh, and we've got a, a lot of the highlights. Before that, Mary Hell released a single on the 1st of August. Uh, they very kindly sent me it. Anyway, here's the first couple of tracks from it. This is Come On England. Many miles I have wandered On the paths of my homeland By rivers through woodland And by the seaside On its streets I have seen Those with greed and hate in their eyes And those with their hearts And their hands open wide All my has been blessed by its thunderstorms, summer times, by misty gold autumns, by fires in the snow, by rainbows, by bluebells, by radiant springtimes, in the wild windy meadows where the dandelions blow. There are some who would change this fair home to Enslave the many and bow to the few The robbers, the racists, the breakers of faces Who hide behind masks and the red, white and blue So stand up, come on England Live up to your history save us, only giving will raise us, so welcome all travellers to sweet liberty, and raise all your voices to defend our democracy, for equality, justice and community. So stand up. Come on England, live up to your history Your heart can't be held in a flag or a crown Raise your teacups and glasses, your bold lads and lasses And drink to the spirit that will never lie down So Take off sunglasses 
Welcome to the audio file. And though we stumble from the edge, our bottle gone, we drank the dregs. Our fingers still cling to the ledge. We need each other now. As borders crumble, land and sea, bored with ideology, the skinhead and the refugee, you need each other now. Rise up, rise up, you hopeful men and women who might try. setting sun I'm slow to stand and quick to run and my brother asks whose side I'm on we need each other now rise up rise up you hopeful men and women who might try again and with one voice our message send We need each other now Rise up, rise up You hopeful men And women who might try again And with one voice Our message send We need each other now Yeah, we need each other Mary Hell there from their single that came out on the 1st of August with We Need Each Other Now and before that we had the title track which was Come On England. The first show that I went to see at Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year was Fourth on the Fringe show which is a two and a half hour show whereby 
Radio 4th host 12 of the best acts, or what they considered to be the best acts, of The Fringe. And it included people like Jason Byrne, Andrew Maxwell, Milton Jones. So here's Jason Byrne telling us what he's doing. Okay, I've been doing stand-up 20 years now, right? With my wife, 18 years, which is great, right? Because I, I, I love, I love, I know, I love it. It's brilliant. Well done, all the, all the ladies clapping. Well done. <laughs> I love being married, because it's brilliant, because it's shit, and it's great, right? Isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Being with someone for that many years, you've got to work on a lot of love and a lot of hate, and it comes together, and it's so entertaining, right? <laughs> in love with someone all the time. That's shit! Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Lying on their lap or on their chest. Oh my God, you're so brilliant. Oh, so you're so brilliant. Oh my God, so brilliant. <laughs> You'll be at the sink chopping something and your husband walks in or your wife or whatever, trying not to be sexist. Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> chopping away and he just walks in from work and you look at him and you go, what do you want? <laughs> oh, just in from work, are you? Well, get out of me face, right? <laughs> love. That's proper love. <laughs> and oh, this happened. Oh my God. The gastric flu came to our house, right? Not, not, at, the, not at the door. Not at the, in a hood. <laughs> and the gastric flu. No. I got it first, okay? And I don't know if there's any doctors here, but it, what happens is you puke quite a lot on the gastric flu. And me being a man, you know, I'm not a good patient, okay? And uh, I was getting sick. And as I was getting sick, I thought my heart was stopping as I was getting sick. <laughs> so I was in the toilet, like, uh, right? And I called to my wife, you know, Bre Brenda. And she was in the kitchen. And 20 minutes later, she came. <laughs> she got in the doorway and she went, what, what? I said, every, every time I get sick, my heart stops beating. <laughs> we might need to call an ambulance. And she, um, she walked away. <laughs> I, I could have died there, girls. I could have died. Right? And then, like, about a week later, I got better. And then she got it, okay? I was delighted, right? <laughs> you know, in a lovely way, in a loving way. Delighted. Delighted. <laughs> okay? So she was shuffling around the house all day, like her hair, she didn't do her hair or her makeup, she was in her dressing gown, she was really ill, and I didn't even notice, right? Because, you know, I was better, so it didn't matter anymore, right? <laughs> so she sat down on the couch, it was about a quarter to six in the evening, okay? And I looked at her, and I said something you should never say to a lady at that hour, never, no matter where you are. Quarter to six, I looked at her and I said, um, any chance of a dinner? <laughs> She looked at me and she went, what did you just say? <laughs> oh, and in my innocence, I went, uh, um, it's just that it's a quarter to six and um, normally there's some sort of preparation in that area over there. <laughs> like pots and pans, is that, uh, is that not happening tonight? No, is that not? And she stood up and she went, have you not seen how sick I am? Puking everywhere. I've got a fever. I just want someone to hold me. And she then just drifted off through the house, right? <laughs> I 
can hear her like a ghost, just banging into shit and, and puking and pissing and moaning, right? Oh, and nobody got a dinner, by the way. Nobody. Me and the lads had to have Cheerios. It was disgraceful. Right? So this went on all day, right? The moaning, and no matter what I did, it didn't matter, right? So about half ten at night, I said, feck this, I'm going to bed. I can't listen to this shit anymore, right? <laughs> so I went up to bed, and I was reading a book, reading a book, about half ten. And about eleven o'clock, when the kids were asleep, my wife appeared in the doorway, right? It was amazing, right? And she was wearing a negligee. She looked amazing, I couldn't believe it, right? She just looked gorgeous in the doorway. And she had her bare leg, and she was rubbing it up and down the doorframe, right? I was just looking at her, and she looked at me, and she went, do you fancy a bit of whoop-de-doo, she said, right? <laughs> I'm a married man. A lot of married people know what I'm talking about. That stuff doesn't just happen. <laughs> I put the book down and went, uh, uh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, I'd very much like some whoop de doo if that's okay. <laughs> she then got into the bed and I was so excited, right? She started to kiss me very gently on the face, right? It was very nice, it was very beautiful. I was going, oh my God, I'm loving this, right? Then it was my go, and be careful, lads, if you haven't kissed your wife that gentle for a while, don't mess it up, because you can mess it up just like that. Do you know what I mean? If you stick your nose in her eye, it's all over. <laughs> That's how quick it can happen, just kiss, kiss, eye, feckin' eye! <laughs> oh, I'm not in the humour anymore. That's over. This is over. It's finished. I'm, I'm, I'm going downstairs to watch Bake Off. You can sort yourself out. <laughs> that wouldn't happen to a bloke. Even if your eye fell out in the middle of it. Jason Byrne there. Next up on stage was Andrew Maxwell, and here's a little bit of him. <laughs> Good evening. How are you feeling? You okay? God, it's hot in this country, isn't it? It's hot. Are you feeling hot? Yeah. Oh, it's hot. God, it's hot. Compared to Ireland, it's very, very hot. Has anybody here ever experienced an Irish summer? Yeah. Oh, my God, what an August we can offer the world, people. <laughs> 20 degrees every day. <laughs> Granted, it's not a great tourism slogan. Come to Ireland. It's room temperature. <laughs> Do we have any English people here? Welcome, English people. I want you to know on behalf of all the Irish people in the room and all the Irish people watching this at home, I want you to know you're totally forgiven. <laughs> you're forgiven, English people. We no longer hate you. It's in the past. It's over. You're forgiven. We don't hate you anymore. We can't afford to hate you. <laughs> Who knew hatred was a luxury item? <laughs> Any Muslim people here? I was just wondering, because this is the thing that I've been getting recently. When I've been asking, is there any Muslims in? I'm getting pissed up geezers saying yes. I did a gig in Bethnal Green about a year ago. I went, is there any Muslims in? This dude stands up. Shaved dead, fat neck, Ben Sherman. He was the most unlikely Muslim in the world. 
This man looked like he was entirely made of sausage. <laughs> he stands up. He stands up in the middle of the audience. Went, is there any Muslims in? He stands up, lifts up his pint of Stella, and just went, yeah. <laughs> what? You're Muslim. He went, yeah. Why not? I don't know that's how you join. <laughs> I thought there and then maybe that is the solution to the, all the Islamic panic in the British media. An all cockney mosque. <laughs> now there's a mosque the Daily Mail would find hard to complain about being built. <laughs> oh, you can see it now, can't you? The call to prayer from the top of the geezer minaret in the cockney mosque. Audiophile, the arts music show for the masses. I heard there was a secret cut that David played to please the Lord. You don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fall, the fifth, the minor fall, the major
the Soweto Gospel Choir, who followed Andrew Maxwell on the fourth on the Fringe show. Next up were Peter and Bambi Heaven, who I just didn't like at all, so I'm not going to play them. They were followed by Myra Dubois, who is a Sheffield comedian in drag. Um, here's a little bit of her. Must give you warning, there's some bad language on this one. Thank you for having me here, Chorpal, at the Fast Fringe, which I think is a sort of comedy, isn't it, for, uh, for the YouTube genre. And my name's Mike. <laughs> that was a little joke, but that's a sound effect that denotes there's been a joke. It's not always obvious. This is very close, isn't it? Up at, up at the front row here, very intimate like this. That's all right. I don't mind that. It very, feels very, very um, immediate, is what it feels like. I can see there's lots of people in the auditorium now wondering what the punchline of this is. There isn't one. Um, uh, my name's Myra, I'm an entertainer, which uh, sounds very confessional. I'm immediately reminded of my meetings, but I'm not supposed to talk about them, so I, I don't know. I don't want to go into it. There was, there was an incident at Christmas where, um, no, I, I shouldn't talk about it. There was a, as I said at the time, if it's a children's show, there shouldn't even be a fucking bar. So I, 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 now, I now have to go to these meetings and, you know, I, don't, and I, I can't talk about it, but I can do it. You know, I'm 12 steps, I've fallen down more. So I, I get, how many keyrings does one person need? But I should, I should tell some jokes first. I should tell some jokes first to ease us in, you know what I mean? A couple of sort of lubricated fingers before the full fist of the act. So um, uh, a little one for you. Uh, uh, why, 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 is a question answer format. Why doesn't, why doesn't Kim Jong-un, couple of giggles there, if you read The Guardian, good for you. Why doesn't Kim Jong-un have a girlfriend? Because he's focusing on his career. <laughs> Do you get that one? It's a wordplay, career. It can either mean your vocation or the country that Kim Jong-un runs. Although if you're very educated on world events, you'll know he's got a wife. Another one for a different social demographic. Another one for a different social de demographic. Uh, I heard, I heard that Mylene Class had returned to pop music, but it was just hearsay. Different social demographic, that one, isn't it? There you go. No, you can use that one tomorrow when you go to the job you don't like, to the people you hate. And uh, while we're cooking my gas, while we're on a roll, I'll tell a little third one. Uh, speaking of arts for the disabled, and I can tell a joke like this in a venue with this many stairs. Speaking of arts for the... Um, <laughs> speaking of arts for the disabled, I was watching pornography for the blind the other day. Didn't see that one coming. There we go. <laughs> okay, we're moving to it. Now, I'm doing a show at the Edinburgh Fringe, which is why we're all here tonight, uh, called Self Admirer, which is sort of this three minutes dragged out over an hour. When boredom fills your kitchen sink And the world is standing at the brink When the bars are closed but you need a drink Lean on me, love When dark clouds try and drown the sun And it hurts so bad It leaves you numb When they blow us all to kingdom come Lean on me, love You can
track from Mary Hell there and that was Lean On Me Love uh, now back to fourth on the fringe uh, and here is the next act which was Tiff Stevenson Hello How you doing? I do like to describe myself as a sexually confident woman and I don't want you to get me wrong uh, people in the comedy store tonight I don't want you to get me wrong that doesn't mean that I love everything about myself obviously not I'm a human being I'm layered like an onion or a lasagna. <laughs> Insert your own food-based simile, right? There's parts of myself I don't enjoy, such as my bingo wings. Has anyone else got the bingo wings? Yeah, I noticed none of you put your hands up. <laughs> if you do have the bingo wings, here's a fun thing you can do. Just wait till you're in a car traveling over 50 miles an hour. 
Stick your arm out the window. See how fast they flap. Yeah. You'll laugh for five minutes and then you will cry for a year. But at least you'll laugh for five minutes, right? I don't want plastic surgery because I think it's too ubiquitous these days. I think it's the easy answer and women are going batshit on their faces and that is why we've had to invent emojis. For women who've had so much plastic surgery, they can no longer express human emotion. And that way you can just hold up your iPhone going, I feel happy, I feel sad, I feel like a smiley poo with eyes. I am being a bit disingenuous, actually. I am, a little bit. Because there is one form of surgery I would consider. I would consider getting a penis attached. Yeah. And that way I'd earn 19.7% more than I currently do. I went to see that film, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. You seen that? Yeah, it's a good film, isn't it? It's kind of like a PG Tips ad with Gary Oldman in it. <laughs> Before the film came on, this advert came on for this really cool guy. You didn't see his face, you just heard his voice and it went a bit like this. I was there when the sun was rising in Japan. I was there running with the bull in Spain. I was like, who is this guy? He sounds well-traveled. <laughs> Carried on. I was there for the dawn chorus. I was there at the peak of Mount Kilimanjaro. I was there backstage at Glastonbury in Woodstock. I was like, who is this guy? I think I want to have sex with him. <laughs> I was there for Fashion Week. London, Paris, Milan, Rome. I am San Miguel. <laughs> no, no, not cool beer company, not cool. Because what you just did there was you just anthropomorphised a beer to the extent that I wanted to have penetrative sex with it. I don't think that's cool. I don't think it should be allowed because beer is not people. And you shouldn't be allowed to sell beer as if it is people. It's also not realistic. Because if we were being honest about beer, any beer, it doesn't matter, right? That advert would be... I was there when you decided to drive the car. <laughs> I was there when you didn't wear a condom. I was there when you went on Groupon at 4am and purchased a falconry experience. Look, and I don't mind drinking as well. I do drink. I drink quite a lot, actually. I drink because I live in a world where the Kardashians exist. And there's nothing I can do about it. You know? I'm not a fan of them at all. In fact, I got in trouble recently for saying something about the Kardashians on TV. It was first thing in the morning. We were doing sort of a newspaper review. And there was a picture of Kim Kardashian. And next to the picture was a tweet that she'd done that day. Now, I'm going to tell you the tweet. I'm not going to change a word of it. I just want you to know she put this out into the universe as a thought. The tweet said, Oh, my God, if I ever lost my Blackberry, I would, like, literally kill myself. And all I said was, someone should mug her. <laughs> <laughs> At which point the TV presenter said, I don't think it's appropriate to joke about suicide on breakfast television. And I said, assisted. <laughs> A small but very important distinction. You've been lovely. I've been Tiff Stevenson. Good night. Thank you. Tiff Stevenson there. Uh, and following her was Tom Allen, who is very, very funny. Here he is.
wonderful to be here in, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I'm gay. Uh, I don't know if I needed to explain that. Uh, and if you've seen me before, I'm still gay. Uh, if anything, it's getting worse. <laughs> completely gay as well like I've never tried it any other way I've never tried it with a woman I'm 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 a thoroughbred <laughs> and I mean really I wouldn't know a vagina if it hit me in the face <laughs> and yeah, they do that have they got hands I've never seen one <laughs> though I have been twatted <laughs> one of the most exciting things that happened to me when I was about eight years old uh, I'm 33 now I know Nivea. <laughs> but when I was about eight years old, in the sort of early to mid-90s, the mid-John Major years, as we call them, and the most exciting thing that could happen to probably anybody during that time, and Lord knows there weren't many exciting things then, unless you were Edwina Curry. <laughs> but the most exciting thing that could happen to you during that time would be that your local authority would open up a leisure centre. And these leisure centres were not ordinary sports centres, no, no. What they had inside them were subtropical paradises. <laughs> and these subtropical paradises were basically swimming pools, swimming pools that were designed to look like the sea if the sea had been tiled. <laughs> and the other thing they also had were flumes. And flumes were water slides which went outside of the building. Because nothing is more exciting than being on a water slide over the car park. <laughs> and they were wonderful places to go to. And we knew they were subtropical paradises because they'd have one palm tree made of plastic. And it had huge windows which overlooked the dual carriageway. <laughs> but the best thing that could happen to you while you were in the subtropical paradise would be that they would start up the wave machine. <laughs> and the wave machine would be heralded with a siren, and the siren sounded a bit like this. And when you heard that siren, it didn't matter where you were, everybody would come, come flocking to the water. They'd come wading into the water, wading into the water, wading into the water, like they'd come to hear the good news. <laughs> they'd come to be baptized. Everybody would come into the water. You'd see everybody you knew, you'd see people you knew, like you'd see like your mum's friend Joyce, she'd be there. <laughs> in a bikini, basically just in her underwear. <laughs> See you like that, Joyce. And everybody come wading, you come wading in up to your ankles, up to your knees, up to your hips, wherever you felt most comfortable. And then when the wave machine, when the wave machine really got going, when it really got going, the best thing that it would make you do is that it would make you go like this. <laughs> it was a wonderful time to be alive. But then the wave machine would stop very abruptly. And that's probably when you decide to go on the flumes. And so to get on the flumes, you'd have to queue on the stairs at the side. You'd have to stand on the staircase in your trunks, basically in your underwear, on a staircase, getting cold. It's a very unusual feeling, I think, standing on a staircase in your underwear, getting cold, unless maybe you have a lot of affairs. 
And you have to stand on the staircase. You'd have to queue for ages. There'd probably be two flumes, but one of them would be closed because last week somebody died. And you have to queue and queue. And the flumes would be managed by a 16-year-old who had a whistle and no qualifications at all. And he was using some sort of red and green lighting system, which we couldn't, we couldn't possibly understand. Couldn't understand it. And eventually, when it was your turn, you'd have to wait and wait. And when it was your turn, when it was your special moment on the flumes, you'd have to get in position at the top, at the top. You'd have to hold onto the handles at the side. Otherwise, you'd just be sucked off into oblivion. <laughs> and when it was your turn, your special moment on the flumes, the 16-year-old, he would turn to you and he would say, you can go now if you want. <laughs> Flumes had been manufactured rather cheaply during the mid-John Major years. They were made of panels of fiberglass which had been bolted together. And where those panels joined, as you went over them, would cut into your back like knives. But because you've been queuing for so long, you were desperate to have a good time. So you'd be on the flumes going, ow, 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 ow. Oh, it's gone light. We must be over the car park. Ow. Probably be a trickle of water going through that was designed to lubricate your passage. Because it's a cheap and shoddy manufacturer, sometimes that trickle of water would have just trickled away. <laughs> Suddenly you would find yourself in a dry bit. And because you were eight years old and you had no momentum at all, you'd just stop. <laughs> you'd just stop, and there'd be no way of getting out of it. You'd try and scoot, your, scoot yourself forward. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing you could do. You'd think, oh my god, am, am I dead? Am I dead? <laughs> to be dead? Is that what the light is? Oh no, it's just the car park. Oh god. Oh, thank God for the 16-year-old upstairs. He knows I'm here. He'll send for me. He'll send for me. It's all gonna be fine. He'll send for me. And at that moment, you'd look over your head, and that's when you'd see the shadow of somebody else on the phones. Think, oh God, it's all on a timer. He doesn't care at all. He doesn't care. Scoot yourself along. You peer over your shoulder. You see the toes of somebody else coming around the corner. The legs of somebody else. Got the whole body of somebody else coming around the corner. And that's when you'd realise that it was your mum's friend, Joyce. <laughs> coming around the corner. Legs akimbo. She'd smash into the back of you. Suddenly you'd both be hurtling along together like you're in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> you're nestled in the bosom of her thighs. Going so fast from side to side to side to side. Both of you screaming for different reasons. <laughs> From side to side to side, how you've never been so fast in your whole life. How would it ever stop? Would it ever stop? Eventually, you'd be thrown out the other end of the flumes. You'd fly across the sky, past the palm tree, across the window, and then you'd land in the landing pool. And then you'd look at each other in a way that said, I never thought we would touch like that. <laughs> but which also said, We will never speak of this again. And that's when I first realized that I was gay. around me and burn 
bridges down. We make a little history, baby. Every time you come around, come lose your dogs upon me and let your head hang down. You are a little mystery to me. Every time you come around, we talked about it all night long. We defined our moral grounds. When I crawl into We.
That's Camille O'Sullivan there with the ship song uh, and she performed at Fourth and Fringe. It, her performance was hampered by her guitarist who was playing so loud that everything else was drowned out, which was a bit of a shame, but she's got a beautiful voice. The rest of the acts on Fourth and Fringe were very visual, so don't really work on radio. On the next day, uh, next full, my first full day at Edinburgh Fringe, I went to a show about 11 o'clock in the morning called Bone Wars, which was terrible. Um, luckily, uh, after lunch, I went to see what I think was one of the best shows that I think I've ever seen at the, F the Festival Fringe, and that was Trevor Locke's Community Circle. Uh, in fact, here's a, um, I was able to record the whole of his first sh the, the first hour. I actually went back another day to see the show again because it was completely different. Uh, there's no jokes in it. Um, it is Trevor just insulting the audience, but it's incredibly funny in a very gentle sort of way. Anyway, here's Trevor Locke. You can see other people's faces, can't you, yes? Yeah, then what does that mean? What does it mean? It means other people can see your face, okay? So please be aware of what your face is doing, yeah? Okay? Look at that man there. That man there. <laughs> Brightly lit. Clearly visible, thank God he's doing the right thing with his face. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking at me, that's the best thing he can do. But he's, he's smiling, he's, he's, he's alert, he's awake, he's ready to respond to what happens in the room, and that's good, that's what we want to do. This man, he's already drifting off. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in the room the least Some amount part. of time. <laughs> Cables are taking his attention, okay? There's a lot of pressure on you. Audio recorder. <laughs> I haven't got. We're recording a song for who? Tilds. Pardon? Tilds. Short for Matilda. Tilds. Matilda. 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 And uh, sorry, we could have used about a birthday song. What's your name? Will. Will. Does everybody want to do this? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask. 
ask, does one person <laughs> really want to do this? <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got the group one vibe. greedy, carbon-hydrated, <laughs> <laughs> traditionalist really wants to do this? We all do it. Will you stop trying to influence the rest of the room? Do you Give, want Will to you stop it? <laughs> Who does not want to sing to the absent Matilda? <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you guys, may not even exist. <laughs> Who doesn't want to join that man? Thank you, thank you. Two people there, thank you. Stand up. <laughs> right, you're going to do a solo for Will. Two of us do a solo. Pardon? Two of us do a solo. Yes, one after the other. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Andy. 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 Would you like to sing first or second? Uh, first. First, okay. And uh, what will you be singing? Happy birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're going to take that one, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Go on then. Oh, Whatever you want. It's your, it's your, this is your moment. You've asked for it. <laughs> you could have just sat down and mouthed along with everybody else. <laughs> you know better. <laughs> Can I just point out, I'm, I have to do a show. Yeah. A lot of people have come to see the show. I have to start at some point. Please hurry up and do the thinking song for Will. Happy birthday, Will. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Will. Happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. Happy birthday to Will. <laughs> now it's your turn. What are you going to sing? Uh, I'm going to sing a variant of that, I think. You can't. He's done it. You've got something else. Well, I'm slightly panicking a bit, so I was going to go for uh, the version that's from an animated film that I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> it ends, it's happy birthday to you, but it ends in you look like a monkey and you smell like one too. Uh, it's all I can think of. Can you sit down? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's quickly get this over with. Concentrate, yeah. The roof is fine. Has <laughs> something happened to you in a roof? In a roof, in a roof. Have you had an experience in a cave? Not yet. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me the only reason you're here in my show is because you're looking for an experience? <laughs> Have you been dragging these people around with you all weekend? There's a cave around here somewhere. <laughs> is that what it is? We'll do Matilda after three. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, Matilda. Matilda. <laughs> I go first and then you repeat it. One, two, three. Oh, Matilda, Matilda. Matilda, Matilda. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you here? Matilda, 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 Matilda. We think that they killed her. We think that they killed her. You don't exist anymore. You don't exist anymore. You're buried under their floor. <laughs> You're buried under our floor. But they have remorse. But they have remorse. They have a conscience. They have a conscience. They're celebrating your death tomorrow. <laughs> They're celebrating your death tomorrow. By getting really drunk tonight. <laughs> By getting really drunk tonight. Right, that's that done.
Trevor Locke there with his song from Matilda from his community circle show at Edinburgh Fringe. In fact, you can hear the whole of Trevor's show uh, via the Ian J. Cole SoundCloud. Here is the Reeled band, if I've pronounced that correctly, from, uh, from Holland. They were a very brilliant five-piece band who played over 100 instruments uh, and did a, a full multimedia theatrical show, which was just amazing. Anyway, here's Fairground by them. Sitting on the shelf, 
He is just a toy, but I turn him on And he comes to life, automatic joy That is why I want a coin-operated boy Made of plastic and elastic He is rugged and long-lasting Boy, he may not be real, etc. 
should feel Isn't that the point? That is why I want a coin Operated boy with a pretty coin Operated voice saying that he loves me That he's thinking of me Straight and to the point That is why I want a coin Operated boy that's the Dresden Dolls there with Coin Operated Boy. The next show that I went to see at Edwin Fringe was Jimmy McGee's Tribal Gathering. Here's a clip of Jimmy talking about mobile phones. One of the major scourges of modern performance is the smartphone, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't know if any of you uh, uh, recently procured one out of your, out of your bags. Uh, I say bags because you can't get them in pockets anymore can you i started to notice that people were walking around with their mobile phones in their hand and i thought oh god is this it is this is this really the stage that we've got to now <laughs> people are so desperate to read their fucking news feed right they're so desperate to know if one of their bell-end friends has got to the base of Machu Picchu on their second gap year they can't possibly not have the thing in their hand and then i realized it's not that you can't actually get them in the pocket of a standard pair of trousers right you get out a samsung galaxy wing mirror war bastard right <laughs> things they may as well start selling them with guitar straps right you just wear them around your waist they're getting that big it's amazing and of course when they go off at a gig like, i don't know what the demographic of the room is but when you you know when you used to have the old nokia 8210 yeah you'd sneak a little cheeky look at a text message on one of them bad boys and you wouldn't really disturb the 70 or 80 people sitting in your nearest vicinity but you whap out a samsung galaxy war bastard wing mirror okay <laughs> your entire face lights up like a little beacon of disinterest in the back, right? We can just home in on this light just emanating forward like whoop, whoop, whoop. And they literally, you can just see someone just doing that, just like, oh yeah, I don't want to listen to the show I've paid money for. I think I'd rather throw some fat pigeons at a brick wall. Yeah, that's much more fun. Right? <laughs> an absolute nightmare and it's just it's 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 the it's the kind of no one can get through a show people answer telephones in shows right with no kind of no no sort of uh, no thought to you know the etiquette of it in fact it, it was worse at music gigs right because because no one can now enjoy a live moment, right? You buy a ticket to go and see a band, right? Rather than watch the band and go, oh, they were great, let's go home and listen to the album, right? They just stand there filming it on their entire phone, trying to capture every single moment of it. I went to, a, to an elbow gig, right? And this bastard stood up in front of me and filmed the entire thing on an iPad. <laughs> he stood there for the duration of the gig with a fucking iPad, right? I'm sorry, I'm swearing, I'm getting animated, but he didn't give a shit about anyone behind him, right? He's just standing there like this. I mean, what good is that? When you get that home, what are you gonna have? A tiny little man in a purple splodge for an hour and a half with no decent audio. I mean, what's the point? The next music gig I go to, right, I'm just going to stand there with an empty picture frame, right? <laughs> and just see if anybody notices the difference. There's a crowd of people behind me going, oh my god, what megapixels is that tablet? It's like, it's amazing. It must have an amazing battery, it's not even plugged it in. Oh my god. <laughs>
Stop the war. 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 Last track from Merry Hell there, and that was The War Between Ourselves. So we've played the whole of their new EP, which was out on the 1st of August. So you'll be able to get it on all download sites and via the band's website. Next up is the very brilliant Australian comedian, Beck Hill, uh, who I've seen probably for the last three or four years at Edinburgh Fringe, actually. Her shows are always very gentle, very funny, uh, and here's her three minutes of puns. I went for a jog in my underpants. <laughs> it was a brief run. <laughs> I went to the hospital where I saw my heart surgeon. And he was really angry at me. He said, Why a order? <laughs> I think he's angry because he has alopecia. A smooth operator. <laughs> I was at the hospital, I ran into some midwives. So I've got loads of jokes about midwives. They said, Can you write them down? I said, No. It's all in the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I've come up with a TV show called The Pottery Apprentice, where the winner gets fired. <laughs> I love my phone so much, I decided to marry it. So I gave it a ring. It's already engaged. Such a shame it would have been a great reception. I have three bars. Shouldn't get so hard about it. <laughs> I used to think an ocean of orange soda actually existed, but it was just a fantasy. <laughs> My brother and his friends now spend all of their time just floating off in the sea. Boys will be boys. <laughs> My friend's pet ostrich died recently, and she had it cremated. I said, I'm so sorry. That must have been a massive burden. <laughs> Where do you find a peacock? In between peanuts. <laughs> I've come up with a mathematical formula for a beat so intense the 45th Vice President of the United States of America can't help but dance. I call it my Al Gore rhythm. <laughs> for a lift and he said no. I don't know I was surprised. Everyone will tell you. Flatly will get you nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> get you so much 
let me share those words of wisdom with you, but they mean more to me than they do to you. <laughs> and I have something quite personal, I have to admit. Recently, I've been getting depressed. And when I do, I press pasta. <laughs> the night before I came on stage, I was feeling kind <laughs> That's a very funny Beck Hill there. Here's a track um, from an album that I put out earlier this year. This is Rin and One. Uh, surprisingly, it's had over 20,000 plays uh, online. So here is Rin and One. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
that's my track Rin and One from the Rinning album from earlier this year. And here is the very brilliant Sophie Willen. Gave everyone else, ladies and gentlemen, please make as much as you can with the final act of the evening, the wonderful Sophie Willen! enjoying themselves I really do because let's be honest most of the time life's actually very very irritating isn't it <laughs> it says do you know I'll tell you what's been really infuriating me recently the amount of people that keep inviting me to the birthday parties of their babies <laughs> do you know I've got to a point now I'm very blunt I just said look is the gin is the cocaine is it the kind of children's party I can lasso my knickers above my head and deep throat a kebab at the end of the night Oh, it's not all right, oh, I'm afraid I won't be coming then. <laughs> Do you know, I'll tell you what, one of my best friends um, had a baby boy on my birthday. I know, very selfish. Yeah. And I called her up recently, right, and I invited her to come out for my birthday, right? And she said that she couldn't come because she was too busy throwing him a surprise party. I said, he's one. <laughs> you don't have to throw him a party to surprise him. Just pop up from behind a tea towel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I said, anyway, why is he having the big soiree? What's so special about him? What's he achieved with his sodding life? She said, oh, well, he's potty trained, you know. I said, so am I. She said, well, not always. I said, come on. I said, that was one time I was very drunk. Let it go. But, you know, I just, because I'm just not a child-centric person. I'm really not. And I'm staying in Islington. Right? It's very posh, isn't it, Islington? I'm staying with a friend who's renting a cupboard for £500 a month, right? And it's, it's full of those sorts of child-centric parents, isn't it? They think that their children should be seen, heard, and annoying you in all the nice, quiet bars. I'll tell you what, you don't get any of that where I'm from in Bolton. The only time you'd ever see a child in a bar in Bolton is if they were looking for their parents. <laughs> Honestly. And the only time you ever expected to attend the birthday party of the baby is if you're a social worker. <laughs> Honest to God, it really is. But I'm quite rebellious. I don't do babies. I don't do weddings. I won't do them. Uh, I, I don't do jobs, actually, to be quite honest with you. That's why I'm here doing this, you know. Uh, the last job I had, I actually got sacked for throwing a satsuma at the chef's head. Uh, he got fruity with me, I got fruity that way. That was a very cheap joke, I know, yes. But true, that did actually happen, it really did. Uh, but I've always been quite rebellious. Uh, for the first, uh, well, secondary school, I was actually excluded for arriving drunk in a bikini. Um, but to be fair, it was a very hot day in Bolton, and they only come once a decade, so you've really got to make the most of that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I'm like this for a few reasons, really. I think, firstly, I come from a long line of eccentric female Boltonians. Uh, one in six of us believe we've been abducted by aliens. One in three of us believe we are an alien. Yeah. And these are the same ones. The only way to describe the rest, take a break, it's less of a magazine and more of a family album. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, I'm always picking up, going, oh my God, it's Auntie Gail on page five, eh, grand, look. She's back on the ward. Seems I'm not the only one she likes to chase down the road with a cricket bat. Go on, Gail. Yeah. But you know, I definitely think that madness makes you more interesting. I really do. I had an Auntie Joan who was an absolute boar until she got manic depression and started knitting clothes for the hamster. It was really... Yeah, it really gave her an edge, it did. It did. But I'll tell you what, I look after my mental health, I really do. I, I'm very good, I take star flower. Does anybody here take star flower? 
No, all right, okay, we're all very well in this audience then, clearly. It's a, it's a herbal supplement, it's very good, it just balances out the hormones. If you're the kind of person who wakes up randomly on a Monday and thinks, oh, I'd quite like to kill myself today and sort of stab the next person I see. Starflowers for you, it really takes the idea. It does, it's very, very good. Yeah, but there is a lot of madness in my family. Get-togethers are an absolute nightmare. Right? Funerals, we bring an extra coffin, just in case. Yeah. Uh, it's a really, uh, and Christmas, we can't do it. We can't do Christmas. Uh, my grandmother's the worst at Christmas, actually. She gets very maudling, right? She comes out with these sort of dramatic, sweeping statements that would sound fantastic on Lauren Bacall in some tragic film noir. From Grant, from Bolton, they just sound fucking ridiculous, right? So I called her up last Christmas. I just imagine, I invited her to a party, right? I just imagine the camera zooms into her tearful eyes and she says, no, no, Sophie, I don't want to come to a Christmas party and stand in the corner like a leftover piece of turkey. <laughs> and even if I did want to go, I couldn't possibly. I've just defrosted a loaf <laughs> and it needs eating. She slammed the third down on then. To God, I'll tell you what, I knew exactly what to get her for Christmas. I got her a year-long supply of starflower. She's been fine since. Really. I actually lived with my grandmother for a bit. She just got divorced and chucked out the iron. She was having quite the renaissance. The first thing she said to me when I arrived was, Sophie, don't waste your life ironing a man's clothes. His creases will drop out, but your wrinkles won't. I was eight. I know. I know. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I think another reason I'm quite... Well, she's fabulous, my grandma. She used to work for Anne Summers, uh, so the garage was always full of sex toys. I remember once I opened up a box of Kieran Cox with faces on, right? And I, yeah, and I gave that to my friends at school because I thought they were Beaker from the Muppets. You know? Very awkward conversation with the social worker. It really, really was. Uh, but, you know, I have to say, another reason I'm quite a rebellious person, right? For the first seven years of my life, I didn't even go to school, right? I spent most of my time riding the back of an Alsatian in an orange shell suit with no shoes on. Think Mowgli with a mullet, right? And this is because my mother's actually a heroin addict, right? Okay, so parenting was never top of the agenda for Mother Bear. Bless her cotton, she tried her best, but it really wasn't her skill set. I once cut my head open, she took me to Morrison's, do you know what I mean? Just didn't get it. But you know, I'd like to take a minute now to celebrate some of the attributes of drug addicts because there are a lot and they get overlooked, right? I'll tell you two. First up, they're very creative people. I've never met a drug addict who's not a creative person, right? But I'll tell you now, it comes at a cost when they go to rehab. My mother now likes to send me paintings to express her love slash psychosis. Uh, the last one she sent me was of a giant terrified eye sitting in a goldfish bowl. I'll be quite honest, it felt more of a threat than a gift. <laughs> but certainly a thought-provoking piece, it really was. It's on my fireplace, it's terrifying. Another thing, they're very determined people. There's a myth that drug addicts are lazy, they are not. I once saw my mother ride a child's bicycle for six miles just so she could sell it at the end and buy some crap cocaine. I'm sorry, but that is commitment to the cause, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? Is it not? Yes? It bloody well, I can tell there's Manchester. Yeah, it fucking is! Yeah! Yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, you've been fabulous, I've been Sophie Will, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you.
Flogging Molly there within a mile from home. The last show that I want to tell you about from Eddie McFringe uh, isn't comedy, it's an absolutely brilliant play by the Wardrobes Ensemble. Uh, and it's set on the day that Tony Blair came to, to power. Now, this is theatre, so it's very visual, but anyway, here's a clip to give you the idea what, uh, what the play is like. Support in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sue, Sue, how about you? Oh, 
Yes, sir, of course. Fantastic, thank you. Point three. As you are all aware, it is the final day of school for our year 11, and we're expecting a little bit of horseplay and tomfoolery from them. And Louise has asked us to remain vigilant with regards to that. We don't need any more cars hoisted on top of the science block. <laughs> what a fantastic feat of engineering that was. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you, everyone. Uh, Ian, sorry, you are forgetting something. Our visit this afternoon? Oh, of course. And maybe you can take us through proceedings soon. Oh, yes. Uh, so, as you all know, uh, we have the great honour of welcoming the Royal Princess Anne at 3pm today at the Queen's Assembly. Um, so, I made plenty of fun to allow you to come collecting from the artists and the victorious fun is in the fridge. And... Okay, thank you, Sue. Now, everybody, remember Mills' thought for the day. Do not wait till it's too late. You are the DJ of your fate. <laughs> Audiophile, the arts music show for the masses.
Leeds band Chumbawamba there with Tony Blair. Uh, and now here's York Leeds band Ryan Shirley and the Bloody Marys with the emotional song.
last, Ryan Shield on the Bloody Marys from their debut album, which was Demonstrations with Emotional Song. And we're down to the last track for the evening. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of hours of comedy and arts and music. Um, back to a more regular show next month. And the last track is from The Indelicants, and this is The Ballad of the ATF. Thanks very much for listening. Good night. See you next month.